0: For you?
1: Yeah. Because I don't want to give off like the horror, like underlit kind of vibe. But it's hard because I'm so. Yours is on 18%. Not battery. Light. Yeah. Because you're so white.
0: Is yours on 95? (laughs) (laughs) That's why I
1: was sweating last time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you should be. Obviously, you know, I don't like to read reviews, right? As we come out of the gate. Mm-hmm. but i just, you know, I'm curious, across different platforms, who's inflating these numbers, right? Because clearly, people are lying in the ratings. Nobody has actually seen this movie, and this one is perfect. Uh, shout out to Solomon on uh, Google Reviews, who says, and this is how you know, this is legit. What truly sets this film apart is its impeccable pacing, which arguably might be the worst part of this movie. But here's this is it, Nick. You ready? Mm-hmm director steven spielberg masterly balances heart action sequences with quieter character moments again uh solomon shout outs to you for clearly doing your research before writing this review you, uh, directed by steven spielberg <laughs> not directed by steven spielberg and pay, clearly this guy did not watch the movie he got paid by google to leave that review so sound speeding camera rolling scene 17 take 303 mark
1: Welcome to Take 303, powered by Fort Way Media, the podcast with the guy who knows a lot about film. And his friend. I'm Nick Molinari.
0: I'm JP Brooks. Today we're talking film and television. And today we're talking about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny and National Treasure.
1: And welcome back, by the way. Thank you. you. You weren't with us last time.
0: First episode I've missed. Uh, but it's a special episode for a special occasion for a very special man. Uh, so, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, I can't wait to hear it because this, uh, this would be the first time. Like, I don't know how a recording went, and I can only imagine the greatness that Bob brings to the table. So.
1: If you thought he was wild on just audio, you can only imagine the video.
0: <laughs> well, you uh, – obviously, it's when we can tell our viewers, our listeners – you're constantly for the video is like adjusting me. That's why I'm usually in a corner, so I can't move that much. And apparently, Bob went wild.
1: Yeah. So um, that plus, I think we solved the echo problem.
0: The it really, this podcast when we do the introduction, it should be, "I'm Nick Malinari, I'm JP Brooks, and we, and this is and with the echo. It's like take the three with the echo.
1: We so, bought so many new pieces of equipment just. To handle this situation,
0: but now we've got so much equipment, it's great. (laughs) So,
1: yeah, we're ready to shoot anybody's podcast. Yeah. Um, So today we're talking Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, Mm -hmm. which was not directed by Steven Spielberg. It's directed by James Mangold and stars Harrison Ford, Phoebe Waller Bridge, Antonio Banderas, John Reese Davies, Toby Jones, Boyd Holbrook, and Mads Mikkelsen.
0: Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is about Indiana Jones, where someone from his past is back to <laughs> seek revenge. <laughs> I thought about the later. I thought about it too. Indiana Jones is back. However, his, his enemies are back to get him after a previous mission goes wrong. <laughs>
1: And they'll do anything to win.
0: they'll do anything to get this thing back. He teams up with somebody who he hasn't seen in a really long time.
1: And they go after his family, his goddaughter.
0: (laughs) They go after his family. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny follows Indiana Jones, who's now at the age of retirement. When Helena, his goddaughter, shows up asking about the artifact, the Dial of Destiny, which Indiana Jones previously tried to recover earlier when he was younger people come looking for the dial of destiny and indiana jones has to go on another adventure to try to recover another artifact
1: first thing you did when you saw harrison ford post flashback you were like he's that old it's like
0: he he no he's old he's really old
1: and that's very apparent from when they do an ai version of harrison ford and then have his old man voice underneath it yeah it's jarring
0: it is yeah, it's not good. I wish they would have done the thing. I don't know if you've ever seen a South Park episode. Uh, small little controversy. Chef, the voice of Chef, mm-hmm. the voice actor for him, left the show, and he had like issues with the show, so they kill the character off, and rather than like having somebody else do the voice, they just take bits and pieces from his old recordings and like stitch it together. It's meant to sound like awful and comical. That's how I feel about Indiana Jones here.
1: I really don't know how to feel about it. We just came out of the theater and I feel like I need more time to digest it, but we're we're just gonna do this. And one of the early things I noticed was lots of CGI. And what the earlier movies got right about this is because it's an adventure movie. And I feel like when it's CGI and things just don't look real, you lose that aspect of, like, realism.
0: But I, when I think of Indiana Jones, I think of practical effects and real sets and real equipment and things. Like, even if I think of The Last Crusade, which had that sort of computer-monitored walkway mm-hmm. when he's the last trial to get to the chalice, or even the guy... Like, it's still... It, it fit in, it felt like.
1: It was literally during that opening sequence. Yeah. And uh, as soon as he, like, starts jumping from the car to the motorcycle and then he slams one and then it, it it blows up. I'm like, that's CGI fire. Whereas like the practical like blown up vehicles, like I miss that.
0: So sad, that's how I feel with them, just sad.
1: One word to describe this movie, I feel disappointed. What about you? Flat. They were playing the hits, but it, it just, it didn't hit.
0: And my expectations were not high. Um...
1: My expectations were actually pretty high because it's not directed by Steven Spielberg i love steven spielberg yeah i'm not digging at steven spielberg but the new director james mangold he directed logan and i love logan great movie after we uh finished the spider-man episode i think it was or yeah, yeah. we were talking about top five superheroes and neither of us said logan and while i was Criminal. editing it i was like mm. i texted you and i was like oh we didn't put any of the the x-men movies in and you were like yeah because they're fucking dog <laughs>
0: they are man.
1: and i was like but logan though and you were like
0: like calling logan an x-men movies like disrespectful to logan that's how i feel about that yeah so
1: yeah so i i went in thinking i was gonna get logan vibes i don't know if it's the pace, maybe the tone mm. other than cgi i think my other critique major critique is that the stakes are kind of all over the place like thi- a lot of things don't matter
0: feels like nothing matters in this movie like this girl, uh, not the girl, the main character, the co-lead here, um, Phoebe Weller, is that her name?
1: She's from Fleabag. That's her TV show.
0: Oh, I think I know the show. Yeah, I've heard of it at least. I never anyway. watched it. You know what's it's about, Fleabag? No. Okay, great. I'm fine. I don't need to know. So there's this, her sidekick, giving me a lot of Indiana Jones vibe with the kid in the Temple of Doom. Uh, I don't know his name.
1: Short Round. Shorty. Short Round. Short Round? Yeah. That's the the one from all everything all all at once. Everything everywhere.
0: That's the same kid from Temple of Doom?
1: Yeah, he's grown up now. He's the he plays uh, the, the husband.
0: But Indy calls him Shorty. Short Round. I'm pretty sure he calls him Shorty.
1: He calls him Shorty, but the character's name is Short Round. Right. But yeah. Indy
0: calls him Shorty. Yeah. yeah. All right, so I'm okay. calling him Shorty. Okay, okay, there- you're good, you're good, you're good. <laughs> or oh, we have a script in front of us, Nick, and we're like, are you, do you get royalties every time you say the full name? Short round, you're just short round. So I'm like, I'm like, Shorty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> funny, I've never
0: funny. heard a regular person go, "Oh, the kid from in, in the Temple of Doom." Short round. Everyone calls him Shorty. What are you talking about?
1: Maybe that's the poll of the week. Is it short round or Shorty?
0: <laughs> Buddy, you're gonna get destroyed. <laughs> she looks at him and goes. After that long roundabout, she goes. And there's this whole thing about him flying a plane. It was 30, 10 seconds of him somehow having model dials and shit and practicing somehow. I'll be honest with you, I've never been to aviation school. And I don't know if in the 60s they, like, how is that a thing? You're at a bar. Why? So many questions. But she looks at him and says, hey, do you know how to fly one of those things? He's like, I'm not sure. I don't know. She's like, okay, and he looks over. He goes, "All right, I'm gonna go do." It. She goes, "No! Why did you ask? Why <laughs> would you even put it in his head?" It's like, that's like, hey Nick, are you, you gonna eat that? <laughs> you ever tried that? No. Yeah. Okay.
1: Because of this kid over here. <laughs> One where I was just, I was sitting in the middle of the cafeteria. I'm just eating a chicken parm. I'm enjoying my chicken parm. Yeah. So you no know hands. And he just, he just goes right for it and just chomps it out of air. It's a good and then the fun. second one is when we ordered Subway. And I ordered chicken teriyaki. I don't remember what you ordered. But it definitely was the complete opposite of chicken teriyaki. And I put both sandwiches down. I go over to throw out the bag. I come back. He's already midway through his sandwich. And he's like, this is great i opened my sandwich it is not chicken teriyaki it's whatever he ordered,
0: Italian PMT, that's what I ordered.
1: <laughs> and i'm like jp did you get cherry chicken teriyaki and he's like what <laughs> full mouth half my sandwich is gone so yeah it would be like asking me if i want if i'm hungry for and i want to bite of my sandwich <laughs> Flying a a plane, irregardless of time period, I imagine is not an easy thing to do.
0: I have a cousin who's a pilot. He spent like four years learning. This kid played with four little dials at a bar. I'm not sure you can fly.
1: I'll maybe give him flying. I don't even know about landing,
0: though. No shot. And imagine being a professional pilot and (laughs) you wake up and somehow you fall asleep. And they needed somebody else in there because you can't just be looking at the kid... You know, there's nothing much he's going to do. So, you yeah, have this professional pilot, he wakes up, freaks out about it, and then just like, all right, you can fly. <laughs> it's all good. I'm not going to take over at any point.
1: All right, so what are some of the strengths here?
0: A uh, lot of action in the first hour. Really good set pieces, I would say. I enjoy Indiana Jones on his horse running through the city. I actually, despite the CGI being really bad, I didn't mind the opening that much actually kind of liked it, if I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> but I did. It's half your show. It, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm just curious about And so, everything was good. I already told you in the car. What I had, the issue was the boat scene. Everything after the boat scene, I'm kind of just not feeling it anymore. But what I really like, the strengths, lots of action set pieces. Indiana Jones, being Indiana Jones, kind of, because he's old and he shouldn't be, but he is, and he's old when he wants to be, very similar to... Batman, Dark Knight Returns, animation thing. So, those are my strengths. Harrison Ford is Harrison Ford, so he's good. It's nice to see him in as Indiana Jones, but I don't need to see him as Indiana Jones anymore. The Last Crusade was a perfect movie; it does not need to change. You don't need to do anything else. Uh, and he feels this is gonna sound weird. I don't know about you, but Indiana Jones he feels really mature in this movie, and it's it's not just that he's grumpy, but he 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 plays like veteran mature like what are you doing you crazy kids you're stupid yeah so those strengths for me
1: i do think the action scenes are fun i just don't think they're what i'm used to in an indiana jones movie which is why it kind of takes me out of it but i do think like if you're new to the franchise i don't think you'll hate it but i think if you're if you're a fan of the franchise i think it might be a little lukewarm
0: you know, I was just thinking about Evil Dead Rise, one of our earlier episodes, how you had, you were a fan of the franchise. I wasn't. So I really liked the movie because I didn't really, I didn't know anything, but you had something to compare it to. So why don't we take it from here? So if you if someone who had never seen Indiana Jones or Evil Dead, and Indiana Jones um, and Evil Dead Rise have come out this year, two new movies, you're a fan of the franchise, which one would you tell them to go see?
1: I think I'd lean Evil Dead. Just because, like, no offense, but it just kind of felt, towards about the midway mark, it felt kind of like a chore for this movie to end.
0: It felt like a chore for the viewer. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a good word, chore. Ooh, good word, chore.
1: Like, how many times can you get captured by the same people, and then have to escape from those same people to only do it again and again and again? To get a new clue, to yeah. keep you alive. So. I think in the, and, and it's... It's been done before, technically, in other movies. And we'll talk about that after the break when we talk more about National Treasure. But uh, it was done more organically, where this one, it just feels like it was the same scene over and over.
0: I didn't think of it like that, but you're right. It's just, will somebody just kill someone and get it over with?
1: Yeah, and also, Indiana Jones has been shot nine times. He's, he's like 50 Cent right now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what well, speaking of getting shot, this guy was shot in the shoulder. I mean, I... Ugh. This is just a movie thing. And I just wish, just like let people die. We're so scared to kill people.
1: I I watched a recap this morning of like Indiana Jones, like lore. And apparently there was a TV show. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah. in Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. And I've never seen it. The show is narrated and like, it's it's a story that's framed inside of itself. So the Indiana Jones character is present, but it's an older Indy. Much older than Harrison Ford is technically right now, maybe about like ten or fifteen years older, and he's telling stories about his youth and how he was like going on these adventures. So he has like an eye patch and he has, and a whole thing. So like I'm looking at this movie and I'm like he can't technically die he has because eyes left if, as well. <laughs> yeah, so if he has the you know if if this movie is canon to that series, he has to live on and potentially lose an eye.
0: Yeah, you know what would have been really cool? Remember when they open up and they see the watch? That's Indiana Jones's father, father's watch, mm-hmm. right? It would have been cool if the hat was in there, too. And that would have been like, oh, wow, wait a minute. You can kind of figure out where it's going. I'm just supposed to accept that Indiana Jones and this and his goddaughter are just close. I just like have to accept it. Even though they make it clear like he hasn't really seen her in 18 years. But this character I've never met, this British guy... You know, his friend. I'm just supposed to accept that they're close and that this relationship is meaningful. Just takes a while to get anywhere. Like, there are a lot of puzzle pieces to this, and that can be fun. I actually have a problem that it has... I think it has too many puzzle pieces.
1: In each one, there is, you know, some object that he's looking for. Right. Some relic. And I think in other ones, all, all of them were magical kind of items. And in this one, it just feels like the magic took like several scenes and in the other ones it was kind of like one scene and it was done
0: yeah and really building up to the moment of it um which is cool i also think and i could be wrong about this but the movies that people love indiana jones for like if we just look at the first trilogy it's because everybody's heard of these the first you know Razor of the lost ark and uh the Last Crusade, people like those many things because they also can relate to the item. Like, they know a little bit about it. Everyone's heard of the Holy Grail. Everyone's heard of the Covenant. Like This so,
1: one, I'd have to Google if it's a real thing.
0: No, it's probably not. Like, I know who Archimedes is, but I'm not sure the average person does. If I said the name Archimedes, I think people would just stare at me.
1: The, the object is real. Okay. Cool. However, the history behind it, it's the closest thing to an early computer. And it was used to predict astronomical positions and eclipses decades in advance. As well as the four-year cycle of athletic games, which is where we get the Olympics. But it has nothing to do with time travel.
0: But it's hard not to talk about the rest of the movies um, with Indiana Jones. When I saw the anti-air gun in Dial of Destiny spitting around, did you not think? I don't know if you thought, when Sean Connery shoots the back of the plane and goes, They got us <laughs>
1: <laughs> They got us all.
0: Thank God, son. We're going down. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. It was great.
1: Anyway. How about we rank Indiana Jones movies?
0: I'm only going to rank them based on the hat. <laughs> uh, Indiana, uh, Worst to best. Start at the bottom. Work our way up.
1: Yeah. So okay. this would be in a particular order.
0: Be This one is definitely in a particular order. There's only five. Uh, Dial of Destiny. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Temple of Doom. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Last Crusade. And obviously, I think for most people, the the bottom three are always in the same order, could change. I think it's really a debate between the first two. So I'm very curious to hear yours, uh, because I hear cinematically the one's always the best. But hey, what do you think?
1: So I have the exact same list, which is really odd because we haven't done that before. So a lot of people would put the original first. Um, I think there's more iconic scenes in that one, but I think I enjoy the storyline and the father and son relationship in the third one more than the first one because the first one just feels like this hero goes on the adventure and he has like the damsel in distress that he saves and they fall in love and it seemed like every adventure movie thus far and then in the third one it's kind of like a buddy cop scenario but it's with a father and son and I don't think I've seen a movie like that until I saw
0: The Last Crusade Last Crusade I so I think I've watched that movie. I can't tell you how many times on repeat Indiana Jones, probably the first movie I remember bonding with my dad over who really does not like movies. He would never be on a podcast like this, but he thinks every movie is dog shit and Indiana Jones is not one of them, but he's also the kind of guy, if a movie comes on and he's seen it before, why are we watching that again? I've already seen it. So I can tell you his ratings of, you know, does it matter if you see a movie twice, does your rating go up for him? Does not matter? That all being said, I think the father-son dynamic, ironically, in the movie, I also have a personal feeling for that.
1: The same here, because I feel like, I mean, you've seen my yeah. dad and me interact, and I feel like, I think a lot of people can say it, because like a lot of people say, like, yeah. oh, like I have the best dad in the world, um, but I really do feel like I have a really amazing dad, and I feel like our relationship is very similar to Indiana Jones and his father in that movie, where it's like, if we were in those situations, yeah, that, that would be how it goes down, because My dad, I think I would relate him to two characters in cinematic history. It's Sean Connery in uh, Last Crusade and then also the father in Wolf of Wall Street for how he just answers phone
0: calls. When I see your dad, yeah, I actually think of your dad from the Wolf of Wall Street as well. Uh,
1: For those who don't know this, I don't know why I keep looking there for the camera and I keep getting blinded by the camera. Um, For those who don't know the Wolf of Wall Street really quickly, there's a cut scene Uh, where Leonardo DiCaprio is introducing his father in the movie, and uh, the dad is, like, watching a TV show, and the phone rings, and this is, like, the 80s or the 90s, and um, he just starts screaming at the top of his lungs. He's like, who the fuck is calling at this hour? And he gets on the phone, and then he just answers it so politely, and it's like, hello, and in the movie comically, he dons, like, a a British accent. My dad doesn't do that part, but it's like, if the phone rings, and even though he has caller id he gets so upset and like even when like uh if you rang the doorbell he would be like so upset like who the fuck is ringing the doorbell <laughs> it's like th- that's what the doorbell is for
0: i remember i called your dad the other day he had a question for me and i finally got back to him about it and i i didn't i don't hang up immediately because i'd like to hear is, is bob going to say something like funny and i hear him he's like i can't believe you fucking called me this guy <laughs> that's great uh it's so awesome but so, I, I also for Indiana Jones Last Crusade, it feels much more questy. Like the stakes really feel high. It constantly feels like everything they're doing is very important, and there's so many secrets, like a, a hidden underground thing in Venice, and that is you know it really ties in. Oh look, we found the missing. Here's the rest of it. It really feels magical. And Indiana Jones, this movie did not feel as magical. It lost the magic. Whereas I feel like 1 and 3 especially, and even 2, as much people like crap on 2, I think. I don't, I never hated 2 as much as other people did. I still think there's magic there. Not as much, because it really comes at the end. Like, oh, wow, these stones are cool and he's doing the thing. But 3, man, The Last Crusade, I you pop that in, I can sit and be happy knowing everything. I love The Last Crusade.
1: Because you said, like, you know, Phoebe Waller-Bridge she kind of grows on you through the movie originally at the start it's really hard to and she starts coming off as like that woman from like temple of doom and she's like annoying up until the point you start understanding her more and then she 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 brings more to the table you said um but i think and i don't know if this is too hot of a take but i would have liked if they kept some of the line from crystal skull and included the son I feel I, uh, like that would have been like a cool storyline to to go off of the father and son aspect especially since it worked so well in uh, The Last Crusade
0: oh right so like because the father son dynamic last year was so good Temple Skull I mean Temple Skull, uh, <laughs> Cold Kingdom whatever that bad one's called uh, Shia LaBeouf and Harrison Ford
1: yeah uh, I, I imagine it's probably hard to get Shia LaBeouf but if like they potentially if they recasted the son and had like a father and son kind of duo and then had Indiana Jones have a send off at the end, yeah. I feel like that could have been a more traditional Western story that James Mangold is like known to do.
0: The villain goes, "You've lost your wife. You've lost your son. Do you really want to lose your goddaughter too?" Like mean, that's never been said in cinema ever. I'm not knocking goddaughters and godparents relationships. But I think coming from like Brooklyn and, and especially Italian background and goddaughter and godparent used to mean something. Now it's just the person you take a picture with after the <laughs> baptism. It's so sad. Um, but yeah, that would have been great. A little cheesy, a little, you know, you could have predicted it, but how cool would it have been to see, like you just said, Indiana Jones. It's like, son, I gotta stay here. This has been my whole life. And he like, not that i would ever say do this but give him the hat
1: yeah that's another thing is that i thought while this movie is progressing that the hat was going to be given to phoebe and i I was like i don't know (laughs) i don't know if i would have how i would have felt if that happened and then it didn't happen and then i was still kind of left with like so what are we doing here what what was the purpose of this
0: well, I you know what I took that as the last scene. Maybe I'm probably reading too much into it, but he has it. He doesn't give it to her, but he has it hanging. But the last thing you see is Indiana Jones pulling it back in, and it's like nobody wears the hat. I'm Indiana Jones. Nobody else can do it <laughs> but me.
1: I didn't have a major problem with Crystal Skull, and I would have been fine if he passed the hat. I feel like the hat needs to be passed on to someone, and not saying that it needs to be Shia LaBeouf. But I'm saying I would have liked it to be passed on. I feel like that's what needs to happen. What about you?
0: Either the hat needs to get passed or it needs to die with Indiana Jones. It's so crazy how we're talking about the hat. But they do so many shots with the hat. The hat is infamous.
1: I love how you say it has to be passed or he has to die with it. Those are the only two options.
0: Wait, is there another option? Hold
1: No, it's either he passes it or he passes on with it.
0: No, because I think they could also do a shot where he dies, but they don't do anything with the hat. Like, I think somebody, the hat is so iconic. The hat is so much part of the character. My worry is that, like, he dies, and they don't show the hat, and the hat's just chilling now. And it's still there. I need the hat to be buried, taken by somebody, or given. You
1: need Nicolas Cage to make National Treasure 3, and he's trying to find Indiana Jones's hat.
0: Palace of the Indiana hat. Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) I don't think I have a favorite scene. That's how I feel about this movie where say that again I don't feel like I have a favorite scene. I feel like they were all kind of like on the same route. I think if anything stood out to me, maybe it was the parade sequence but other than that I really don't think anything like really stood out to me that I that I thoroughly loved
0: I did like when they traveled back and he had the whole conversation with our comedians I think that's a cool scene except how it ended so it ruins it. And I think the only other scene, I kind of like when he melts the thing on the boat. Cool.
1: (laughs) You mean like when he melts the thing and then immediately touches it with his bare hands? Yeah. And then hands it off to a child? Yeah, I like that scene. While it still should be like insanely hot?
0: Yeah. (laughs) I like that. Why did we spend so much time in the ear of Diphenesi's Duphanophilus? Dionysus? Diphonus?
1: I'm not going to ha- be it's any Greek, help. With- God, I'm, I'm with horrible them. with pronunciation, so I'm not going to be any help to you.
0: Uh, usually I'm good with them. I
1: don't and even know good. how to pronounce the, the object that they're trying to find.
0: A dial of deep notes? No, no. It's- <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, the worst scene for me, and we talked about this, is how they had Antonio Banderas and then wasted him. I feel like if you had Antonio Banderas with his filmography alone and how he does a lot of his own stunts too, um, to have him do basically nothing.
0: He would have been a cool companion, sidekick for this movie. It would have be been great. Just for him to be, I have a boat and now we're all going to die. <laughs>
1: yeah, this guy's over here sounding like puss in boots and he doesn't even have a sword fight. Like,
0: how funny just... would that have been if he yeah, had <laughs> that? Would have been so, uh, why didn't we write this movie?
1: With Harrison Ford's age there's really only so much you can do without having it be him. Yeah. So like to have to feature him as much as they did. Yes. The entire beginning has to be a CGI face of Harrison Ford on a younger body with his old v- voice and the action can't be as extravagant. It was, um, I guess because they wanted it to look like him more so they opted for CGI. I mean, they could have went with body doubles, maybe.
0: I think the main actress, Phoebe Waller... Sorry, Bridge. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. She's fine. Doesn't... I don't think she stands out for me. I think she's trying too hard, if that makes sense. Like, she really... They really want you to like this character. She really wants you to like her as a character. And eventually you do. But it's a little... It comes off too strong in the beginning. Obviously, she almost comes off as a villain in the beginning. Uh, but warm up.
1: Yeah, I thought... When I first saw it, I was like, I thought she was going to be like the one that turns against them because she was just sitting in the back of the classroom. Yeah. I thought she was like a double agent for something. And I thought the the CIA agent, she was going to be the companion. That's how yeah. I thought it was because I, I think I only saw the teaser. So I had no idea where this was going. And I didn't even know that Phoebe Waller-Bridge was like that high on the billing. And I don't know her even in particular. Yeah. So like when I saw her, I was like, oh, yeah, uh, she's from that show. But I, I don't know her name particularly or what that show is called, but I know who she is. And I didn't know the CIA agent either, but I thought she was going to be the companion.
0: Yeah, speaking of, I'm glad you brought the CIA agent who <laughs> is just, hey, guys. I."
1: Can you stop shooting people? Can
0: you stop shooting? Like, you kill three people. We just really, we're the CIA. We'd really prefer to if you'd stop. And then I'm gonna die and then nothing about this yay will ever come. I, I don't get why she's there. Why does that matter? Why are they helping him? Like they know they're bad guys, right? Like I or do they not? Like what I'm confused.
1: I think they don't. That that's what I'm saying is like that wasn't thoroughly covered in they should have been like there at the end, you know, to like rescue them or something like that. Like it just it feels like they were trying to do a lot and then forgot about it
0: definitely a lot was forgotten uh this movie will be forgettable and i'm ready to go for ratings because i don't want it i'm good to not talk yeah about this movie. i don't
1: i don't think we could do any more damage so i'll i'll go first thank you because i am stuck between two different numbers and all right how many numbers are you stuck between
0: i've got my number it's not even close
1: oh um see i said my rating of what i think it was on letterboxd right And when I left the theater, I said, I'm feeling like a 2.9, where I feel like it's on the cusp of a three, but I can't really give it a three, which really grinds my gears right now because of our rating system where I can't come that close to a three and it would feel ingenuine. So I think it's an okay movie, but not okay enough for me to give it the three. So I think. I'm going to give it a two. I've, and and hot take of the week, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, I'll watch that before this one again.
0: So Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is either a two or higher for you?
1: Yeah, I would give it a, maybe like a two or a three. I'd have to rewatch it. I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. Uh, but from what I remember, when I left the theater, I didn't feel that disappointed in it. Minus like probably the nuke scene. That was the only thing that stuck out to me. Uh, but I was, yeah.
0: yeah this movie's a one but harrison ford makes it a two that's my rating
1: wow i didn't i i thought i was being too harsh
0: no you're being accurate it's a two two. why Why would i I watch this movie when i have three three, when i have the trilogy there's no you don't need to watch movie. you're not missing anything unless indiana jones dies and i'm like wow watch him do the send-off watch him he chooses history because that's indiana jones it belongs in a museum no wait I want to be a part of history that one day will be in a museum so people can learn. And that's my legacy. No, let's ruin that so you can make out with your wife who left you already. And that whole plot scene doesn't matter. She comes back. Why did she come back, by the way?
1: Uh, it's insinuated that Phoebe Waller-Bridge made a phone call. But that, it takes away the that's whole... That's it.
0: That, that's all you needed. That's it. Hey, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm Indiana's goddaughter. I really think she get back together. You know what?
1: problem solved Let's honestly
0: just... <laughs> i was waiting for you to call <laughs> <laughs> because on i know obviously we were married husband wife but the love between goddaughter and godfather that's you reminded like me yeah of.
1: our our son died and that's what drove a, us like apart in our marriage over a series of years and we had our problems before that but you know what i never met you before and i I like what you're saying.
0: You, you make, I, hadn't, I hadn't considered this as possible. What if we could make it
1: work? Like, he's he's around? Okay, yeah, I'll come right down. I'll I'll be there before he wakes up.
0: Yeah, they say into your back, but they don't mean it back as in, like, in the physical. They mean into your back as in the emotional cycle. That's like, bro, he was there the whole time. Like, shut your mouth. Oh, stupid. Stupid movie. Should be a one. In Harrison Ford, thanks for making it somewhat enjoyable, too. By somewhat, I mean very little somewhat.
1: All right, so after the commercial break, we will be back, and we will be talking about national treasure.
0: National disaster. (laughs) Today's ad is sponsored by Itch Be Gone. Itch Be Gone has been helping thousands of Americans over the last two years get rid of all their itches. Maybe it's your leg, maybe it's your inner thigh, maybe it's your crotch. Itch Be Gone can take care of it all. All they do is remove the part of the body that is itching you, they slice it off, cut it off, and you no longer have the itch. They place it in a very nice bat of acid, and poof, gone, there goes your leg, but so is your itch. Go to Itch Be Gone today. And use the coupon code no more legs needed, and you could save 50% off when they send a professional to saw off your feet. I remember I used to have a really itchy back. They came to my house personally, they shaved off layers of skin, and now I have a gaping hole in my back, but I also don't have an itchy one. So take it from us at Take 303. We haven't had an itch in a long time. We are also beginning to miss parts of our body that. Honestly, I don't miss that much anymore. So take it from us. Use the code No More Legs Needed and save 15% off and help get your itches out today. Itch Be Gone is the choice for you. This podcast is powered and brought to you by Fort Way Media, turn everyday life into a cinematic experience. Maybe you're having an event, maybe you have a business that you want to promote on social media, or you're having a wedding and need classic cinematic photography and videography Fortway Media is the choice for you go to fortwaymedia.com and book today so you don't miss out on another event to capture it in a cinematic way
1: and we're back with 2004's National Treasure directed by John Turtletop who is a legend yeah because we're (laughs) we're looking at his filmography right now I discounted him in an earlier take of this but I'm glad you said that that's why this is take 303 we uh, do that many takes um he directed Three Ninjas, classic, uh, Cool Runnings, While You Were Sleeping. That's one of my mom's favorite movies. Uh, National Treasure 1 and Book of Secrets, which is an insane title if you think about I've it. I've never seen it. Uh, and The Sorcerer's Apprentice, Las Vegas, and The Meg.
0: Three so, Ninjas by far is his best movie for me on that list. So. He peaked. That. <laughs> he peaked. He can't beat Three Ninjas.
1: But yeah, so th- uh, National Treasure is, stars Nicolas Cage. Harvey Keitel, John Voight, Diane Kruger, Sean Bean, Justin Bartha, who is White Doug from The Hangover, and uh, Christopher Plummer.
0: I'm so glad you said that because we were going to that's White Doug uh, from The Hangover. Because if
1: you think of that list, the only one who who I can't recognize by name is is that guy.
0: John Voight could not remember for the life of me that I'm like, I've seen this guy, before. it's John Voight. And who is the second guy? He's Trevelin from 007. Sean Bean. Sean Bean. That's the trouble. guy that
1: dies in every movie?
0: Yeah. The bad guy who dies in every movie, right? <laughs> yeah. Treble and double. It was funny
1: because I was re watching this this morning and I forgot everything about this movie except for them stealing the Declaration of Independence. And I'm looking at uh, him on the mission at the very beginning and he's with Sean Bean and I'm like, that's definitely like a bad guy that dies in every movie. He's definitely gonna turn on him, and he turns on him in the first scene. I was like, yeah. well, that he didn't, he didn't waste any time.
0: National Treasure stars Nicolas Cage is Ben Gates. Ben is from a family of American history buffs who have a theory, a conspiracy theory, that there is treasure hidden from the founding fathers. They hid it away somewhere in the country. And because they were masons, they've left secret codes and everything behind for people to discover and find. So now he has spent most of his adult life looking. He finally makes a breakthrough when he finds a ship called the Charlotte, which is one of the last clues to be given for the national treasure. And that's what this movie is about.
1: I enjoyed myself. Uh, Just very quickly, in one sentence, if you can sum up national treasure, I would call it an adventure. I feel like that's the only way to sum it up. What about you?
0: The world's most boring escape room.
1: (laughs) So I think we're on two sides of the coin here. Um, What are your initial thoughts of National Treasure?
0: Take, Take Indiana Jones and remove all the action sequences, and you have a really boring, oh, maybe we can go here. Hmm. Oh, look, let's go over there. Oh, look at this. Let's go over there.
1: I had to give it to them. I think they did a really great job at sticking exposition into every place. That the only way to move the plot forward was to just have characters discover things through each other's dialogue and just say like, "Oh, this happened." And like, um, uh, Doug, Doug from The Hangover, actually called on. He was like, "Wait, I know things too," and he's, he's like, "I want to jump in on the exposition, exposition train."
0: George Washington, first president. First means prime. Optimus prime. <laughs> Optimus is red, white, and blue as well. Blue is the second color. Second, second amendment. No guns. We need a gun. <laughs> that's this movie. Like, that's, that's the opening ten minutes of Nicolas Cage just walking about a ship from the 1700s. Just going, ah, clues. Hmm.
1: This movie has become unintentionally a, a, a meme. A meme movie where it's Nicolas Cage discovering things. And
0: when you say it like that, it's so true. I have a feeling they just told Nicolas Cage, You're going to an escape room for a day. It's going to be across multiple places. We're just going to film you. Don't worry. Three o'clock now. We're in autumn. Wait a minute. Spring. Back one hour. CST. Continental shift. (laughs) The Continental shift.
1: Because I don't think any person in Hollywood could have played this role and made it a good movie. I think it lives and dies with Nicolas Cage.
0: <laughs> it does live and die with Nicolas Cage because they got anybody else that would live up. I had super nostalgia lens for this. I like. I really liked this movie when I watched it, and I I watched it multiple times um, in high school and as a kid. I think also too because you know they just uh, history classes in the United States for our, our, actually for our global listeners. Uh, history in the United States they just teach the same American history over the course of three years on repeat 6th through 8th grade is American they do one year of like ancient history they do a little bit of world history and then it's just American history for two years you go to high school you do ancient history again do a little world Europe and then it's two years of American history again it's the same stuff you've learned so I think even as a kid growing up like oh wait I know some of these people I know some of these things so it's kind of exciting but literally you're watching someone do an escape room because within Indiana Jones they're fighting there's explosions guns the most the scariest part in this movie is there's a woman hanging off a door on a moving vehicle that's it that's like the only chase
1: I mean the only other thing that I could think is maybe dangerous is potentially the staircase scene when they're going into the the tomb
0: oh right yeah yeah but it's just like it doesn't feel like at any point What's his face? Alex Bean, Sean Bean. Sean the- Bean. He's never like it doesn't, like they all have guns. Nobody's ever gonna kill each other. It feels like like at any point, <laughs> they shoot at the car a couple times, and then just every other points like hee hee, I got the declaration.
1: <laughs> well, that's that's the thing is um, I actually like that part of the movie because for me it kind of felt like Enemy of the State. Have you ever seen that movie? No. Um, Will Smith and Gene Hackman. Will Smith's character played a lawyer and. Uh, some guy sent him like a footage of of a murder of a like a political person. And Will Smith had it um, on like a memory drive. And he was being chased by this group of part of the NSA. They did a really good job of showing like how everyone can be tracked. And I imagine it's even worse nowadays with all the technology. But the best part of that movie, and the reason for the sidetrack is he was a regular guy. So it was a regular guy moving through these kind of Indiana Jones, like, action kind of sequences, but he just, he doesn't have, like, a skill set. He's not, like, the guy from Taken, you know? He's just a regular guy put in this situation. Now he has to, like, it's a running movie. He's always running away from things. So I feel like National Treasure is kind of like that.
0: They walk. (laughs) There's no, they're just running away from each other. It just feels like hide-and-seek with the Declaration of Independence.
1: I love how it was so built up the Declaration of Independence, and how so hard it was going to be to steal this thing, they steal it right away. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. They steal it in like the first 20 minutes of the...
0: (laughs) There's a lot going on. They're going to have more people inside uh, inside Congress for a big thing. They'll have no security. (laughs) That would be the day where there would be the most security.
1: White Doug is like, it is impossible.
0: Wait, I think we can do it. I just need to go into the subway where nobody works and stick a tube really high up and just attach wires cuz I'm the tech guy.
1: I was dying when he was there unscrewing the the Declaration of Independence out of the case and the the video shuts off and he's like I'm just going to take it. Like <laughs> how, why is that the next option? What was there not a backup plan? Like what what why do you have to just take the whole damn frame?
0: Window, huh, video's out, I'm just going to grab it. <laughs> Like, what a cloud! That doesn't track at all. He's such a cloud, dude. Yeah. Um. It's so made, what? It's made by Disney. I totally forgot that. And I think you hit to it. Like they—they got to be, you know, especially back then, 2004. They have an image to keep up. You think about Pirates of the Caribbean. How much they hold back there from showing, you know, any lots of violence or particular scenes. So it makes sense that they. We can't go Indiana Jones level of violence and blowing crap up. No, it's, but they just kind of go from place to place. And even though the FBI is chasing them, I think the FBI
1: also does a horrible job in this movie. Worse than the CIA agent in Dial of Destiny. Yeah, Like I'm going off of enemy uh, of the state and I'm like, they should have tracked him down already. He's like probably at the top of the FBI's most wanted right now. How can they not find him?
0: Go figure. I don't know. This movie's all over the place. It's it's very simple. It's not complex. I think John Voight's my favorite character in this movie. He feels the most real. Like, dude, stop looking for this fucking thing. You're not gonna find it.
1: I think um, he's definitely relatable. I like his uh, the father-son relationship in the movie. It feels real. I feel like that's where he gets grounded. Um, you know, outside of stealing the Declaration of Independence. Um, I think... It, I feel like just a couple of clowns walked into like a studio one day and was like, we wrote a script about what it would be like to steal the Declaration of Independence. And they were like, that just sounds like a good idea. And they were like, you're good. Here's some money.
0: But we've only written the, f- the first 30 minutes about stealing it. We need something else. What if there's a secret? And we'll use the pyramids on the back of the dollar to base a whole movie about it.
1: Here's a good question.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, what does Nicolas Cage and... Uh, I'm just going to call him White Doug for now. Yeah. Uh, what do they do as jobs Cause i couldn't pick up on that
0: i thought it's <laughs> a great question
1: because like if you think about other movies uh indiana jones is a professor uh Lara croft is just rich uh
0: uncharted he's a bartender in the for, movie
1: yeah in the movie and um what what are these two guys doing
0: fool's gold he's a shipper that's a Matthew McConaughey poll right there. I, I know. I, I know. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You don't really get a sense of them. Obviously, there's not a lot of character development this whole. That's thing.
1: that's what I'm saying. They feel like one-dimensional characters. They feel like they're supposed to be the Indiana Jones and the and the sidekick kind of characters. But it's like, why are they there? How are they? There? Like, I know they're getting their funding from Sean Bean for some reason, but I don't understand where they're coming from. Like, you know, White Doug is like. Uh, you know, it's impossible to steal the Declaration of Independence Then somehow just pulls out all the the great technology in order to do it. And then at one point later on, he says, we have no money. It's like, where where, where is this collateral coming from?
0: You know what would have been a really, really cool change to the movie? Hmm. Is if we had Nicolas Cage's character grow up and be friends with Sean's Bean's character um, and maybe like him, like his grandfather told both the boys the stories and that's why they're inspired but Sean, as a character, is just way more cutthroat. He's a businessman, and, like, you know, he still wants it. So that's why he hires him. I feel like that would have been a very simple but good change. This is the mo- the scene I remember the most. The one clue I never forget. The glasses. He looks through them. And I hate the reveal. Nick, I'm telling you, I've, I sometimes, like, have nightmares. Like, I think about this. If I ever see something that says, like, anything related to National Treasure, I think of this moment, the glasses. That the learn... That they should probably use all of the little switches to move the fucking lenses on the side. You've been hunting for this shit your entire adult life. Your family has been their name has been battered, bruised, and put through the mud. You don't think, let me try fucking with the glasses a little bit. No, you just look through it, ah, it says one thing. <laughs> What do we do <laughs> here with two <Q-E>. E's? <sighs>
1: You've been pulling information out of your ass the entire movie, but you can't think to flip the glasses.
0: My, actually mind boggling. I And I to this day, I just think about it. It's like, and he gets, and the, you know who tells him the FBI who captures him and he skips away. He gets away. And then they go down some stairs and the stairs break. And the number one kill in this movie, the stairs, they have the most kills in this movie. It's crazy.
1: Oh man. This is the only place that had stakes.
0: Just, there was going to be a stair pun there but I, I just I don't want to even do it it's so that it bad. all went downhill okay there you go nice job it's such a stupid fucking movie I hate this movie now I used to like this movie
1: best staircase was John Wick 4 though
0: best staircase of all time cinematically is John Wick 4 there's no not even close correct you're correct in that worst staircase National Treasure <laughs> by the way another big problem of the movie when they're giving the fake clue which I remember they're giving a fake clue right now to mm-hmm. trick the guy what mm-hmm. One by land, two by sea. Literally has been, you ask anybody, any kid, at any point, ask anybody, everybody knows that saying. One by land, two by sea. That's how we fuck out. as the British. Fuck the Brits. That's been reciting that. This guy who's been hunting, <laughs> been going through Benjamin Franklin's notes, Putting lemon on the back of the Declaration of Independence goes, Oh, well my legend, okay, I'm gonna leave He believes it. He actually believes it.
1: I thought it was a little contrived where like they gave him all that information and he takes it and he's like, But what if you're lying? And then they like double down. And I'm just like But they could still be lying. You're gonna go all the way to Philadelphia, leave them in this little tomb, try your luck on the staircase again. And it's like you you don't think maybe like maybe take one of them with you or something like just like crazy not make it like a James Bond kind of villain yeah. over here
0: oh man those that eyeglass and then I forgot about that and then as soon as you start talking I'm like oh he's this moron falls for it you uh, you, you literally you broke in to Congress to grab the Declaration of Independence but you're like mm, one by land makes sense any standout performances or standout scenes that you like from this movie
1: I don't think this is the performance kind of movie but Clay. I John Voight. I do agree with you. John Voight is doing probably the best job in this movie. Um, however, I think fan favorite is probably Doug.
0: Doug yeah, Doug wins. rallies for the win.
1: Where he's like, you didn't even fight for your 10%. <laughs> it's like, I, I got 1% and I'm not happy about
0: it. Yeah. Uh, my favorite scene is obviously when they rob the Declaration of Independence. It, despite all the shenanigans and all the shit. It is cool. I like how he... And I remember for the first time when he... Genuinely gives a fake Declaration of Independence. I did not see that coming. That was pretty clever, because they just show him paint like they show him with the fake ones. He goes to pay for it, but they don't give you any clue or indication that he's gonna buy a second one. So I actually, I remember watching like, oh yeah, that's a fake one. I remember watching that. That was like, I was like, whoa, you got me. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I I love that scene when he gets stopped in the gift shop and it's like, are you trying to steal that? And he's like, (laughs) yeah. I mean yeah I, I i didn't know and then she's like that's 35 dollars," and he's like okay steal and he doesn't Bet. have enough
0: money that what a very good scene that is my favorite scene of the movie.
1: i would love a scene where they show how uh doug hires that little kid to write down the the code
0: it, to be like like they're standing outside well we can't go in there what are we gonna do
1: and then they just see a kid that's probably not occupied with a parent at all and then says hey so, do you know how to read this code where you have to do, like, yeah. line and letter and then do yeah. it again and again and make those trips across that big intersection? How did that happen?
0: Yeah, it just sort of happens. I And, yeah, I remember. There's so many things that, like, oh, I remember this. As you start watching, you start to remember a lot of things.
1: I had a thing about how Nicolas Cage cuts a brick wall with a knife.
0: <laughs> I forgot. That's so true. I was like... You ever try to do that in real life? You're um, <laughs> fucked.
1: <laughs> I don't own a knife like that. But I imagine <laughs> that you can't cut through uh, the cement in the brick wall.
0: Yeah. Well, I thought it was supposed to be like, oh, it's meant to be found, so it's easy. I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and then I love how, like, there was so much, like love given to the declaration of independence like they they had this whole like clean room built up in their they in their apartments so that way they can look at and everything and then when they got to john voight's house they were like i guess we got a raw dog and just put it on the dining room table
0: (laughs) and then it kind of just doesn't matter anymore yeah i mean they do like fight over it a little bit but then it's just like i wish more the focus would have still been on the actual document like the last final hidden clue
1: I think I regained a love for this movie. I, I, I don't understand you right? I think oh,
0: you you confuse me <laughs> You really do. I don't get you at all. I was
1: re- if I had more time today I would have watched National Treasure 2, Book of Secrets because <laughs> Book of Secrets. Who comes up with a title like that? Who comes up with that title? You you give her final thoughts and ratings. Final
0: thoughts ratings. I'll go first for this one. Uh I'm probably being really harsh on the second watch. Uh, but I still think, if you've never seen it before, it's a really nice movie. I just think it loses stuff after you watch it a few times. No spectacular acting, no spectacular set pieces. The clues and mysteries are really cool, I think, especially if you like American history, you're an American history buff. I think you'll enjoy it, even though most of it is uh, based in fiction. It is really cool. Heist is really great. The end is really cool. I think I'm giving it a three, and I'm going to be just, I, I think giving it a one or a two, which I could easily do, in my heart of hearts, I think that's where it's probably going to end up. But I think, to be fair, because I think there are some really good things here, a three would be just...
1: And I think I'm around about the same area where I feel like I had a lot of fun with this movie. Um, nostalgia lenses are on, but I think, like, it doesn't do anything spectacular because um, Da Vinci Code, I it's love great. that movie. Yeah, Vinci Code's great. Um, and I argue that the sequel is even better than that, but... Uh, Back to National Treasure is that, like, I feel like it doesn't do anything more for the adventure uh, genre. I feel like if it had, like, bigger action sequences and and a hero that maybe was action-inclined, I would have given it a few more points that I'm going to give it. But I think for the fact that it was fun and funny to me, even if it's funny at its own expense, I'm going to give it a three.
0: We both ended up in the same place, even though I think if you heard, like, how we felt about these movies, you would have thought otherwise... Uh, it's interesting. I, I was convinced you were going to give it at least a four.
1: I, see, that's the thing. I I need more action out of it. What yeah. I feel like it is, if I had to relate it to something, I feel like it's a later Fast and the Furious movie, where I feel like maybe this is something comparable to, like, Fast 7, but it's not at where it should be with Fast 5. Yeah. That's how I, I would like to Indiana Jones say Light. it. Yeah. Basically, like, It's what we got from other movies. It's what we got from Indiana Jones, what we got from Tomb Raider, but without the action, which is kind of the selling point of it. So chase sequences I do enjoy, but you got to up the ante a little bit. And I'm interested to see if Book of Secrets does exactly that.
0: (laughs) Have fun watching it. I'm not. So this has been another episode of Take 303. Thank you so much for watching. If you enjoyed the episode, check out our poll questions. Our Q&A will have plenty of those. This week's poll question is, which of your Indiana Jones movies was your favorite? Uh, Was it Dial of Destiny? I'll go backwards. Uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Last Crusade, Temple of Doom, or Raiders of the Lost Ark? And our question of the week is... What is your favorite Nicolas Cage movie? I think if you're talking about Nicolas Cage, it only took 17 episodes to finally get to talk about Cage in one of his movies. Not one of his crazy ones. I think we should do a Nicolas Cage episode, but what are your thoughts on that? This has been another episode of Take Three or Threes. Thanks so much for for watching. We have a Patreon. Feel free to check that out. We also have Spotify. If you're not following, please hit that follow button. We would really appreciate it. And see all the content that's going on on Fortway underscore media on Instagram. Thanks for watching. Have a good one. Bye-bye.